welcome back, friends. Welcome back to the non-traditional podcast. Season finale. <laughs> it gets me every time. Girl, it's the season finale. We did a whole season of a podcast. In quarantine. Ask about me. <laughs> okay. Wow. If you had told me in March that we would be here in July saying, here is the season finale of the non-traditional podcast, I would not believe you. And that's a true statement. Wow. You need to believe in yourself more. (laughs) Thanks, mom. I'm just saying you're great. You should, you know, dream big. But I mean, okay, I'm sorry. But in March, we all thought it was over. We were like, okay, we're in New York. You ain't lying. (laughs) I don't know if we're going to make it, New York. Well, you know what? Here we are. Um, I am not currently in New York. I am in my childhood bedroom that, you know, my mom betrayed me a few years ago and painted it purple. And I'm just thinking, like, if you were going to change my bedroom from pink to purple, you should have just gone full adult and given me, like, eggshell. But, you know, whatever. Choose your choices. You know, it's pretty. I like it. it. It's almost like, I mean, I don't know if I'm getting the exact tone through this little video we're doing, <laughs> but it's kind of like a grayish purple. It could be adult. I get it. I sure. You're, so you're on her side. Always. <laughs> always. <laughs> Let me go get her. <laughs> Mama, I, I am always on your side. Right, right. <laughs> but um, how has it been? You're in, where are you? North Carolina. It's green there, isn't it? You can it? stay mad. I went on a four-mile hike in, through the Eno River State Park today. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's been great. I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to log Look, on. You went to Maine or Vermont or wherever the hell. Come on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Friends of the non-traditional podcast. We know where I went to. Mm. It was Rhode Island. And once again, that's <laughs> what I said. Maine is not Rhode Island. But anyway. I wish people could see you. I really <laughs> wish they could see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but how has it been though? Seriously, how has it been? been absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, much needed break. And uh, I, I can put my feet in grass. So God bless. <sighs> grass, nature, outdoors. Mm-hmm. How have you been? I've been good. I've been good. This week has been hot, <laughs> hot, hot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all I can say. You know how we we just forget what summer is like in New York. So in the winter, we're all like, oh my God, I can't wait for beach weather, for summer weather. And then summer comes and you're just sweating. Right. Because we're not cute like the West Coast where it's like dry heat. Here it's like humidity. It is 75 degrees humidity in my apartment. That, in my apartment. I'm not going to read you for filth right now, but that is your fault because you have some things going on with like being eco-friendly and I'm not going to tell the people about you, but so we don't have to go there, but you're telling on yourself. But can it just be dry heat? I miss dry heat. I want dry heat. Your air conditioning on. <sighs> I know, but we're recording a podcast. I can't put the AC <laughs> on. Okay, cool. So I want to remind everyone that this is the last episode of this season. We're going to take a week break after this episode airs and then we're going to come back with kind of a you know i'm calling it a newsletter episode i don't know if i'll change that but that's what i'm calling it for now and it's going to be a roundup of all the guests we've talked to this season love it can't wait but thank you guys for all of your kind words on the last episode with evelyn that was a really really great episode um you know Every time I watch a video of hers now, I'm sort of like, oh, that's our friend. Girl. Meanwhile, let me just say something about the last video she posted this week. I don't know who captions her videos, but it said Nigerian accent. Our friend Evelyn is from Kenya. So somebody go fix that. 
Well, she was doing a Nigerian accent, to be fair. Oh, was she? That was a Nigerian accent. That was straight up a Nigerian accent. Is the African diaspora coming together to make a consensus here that that was not a Kenyan accent? It was not. better. I'm sure. I, it was not a Kenyan accent. I don't think so. Like that was a straight up Nigerian accent. And I was like, oh, okay, I see it. Got it. Well, caption. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say captions. You're, you're, you're reading captions. She has captions on her Instagram post on the last video. Oh, really? I didn't even see that. I just watched the video on YouTube. Because you're loyal. I subscribe and I like, okay? You do subscribe. She, that was such a great episode. I'm so glad that we have her on. And that was honestly definitely a goal of mine to chat with her. And she was super dope. Yeah, it, it's so funny how, you know, a lot of things that have happened in non-traditional have been so fortuitous and just, wow, I did that. I've always wanted to talk to that person and then I did. Like, it, it's been great. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys, for all your love and support. Welcome to the season finale Woo-hoo. of non-traditional. And, you know, Jen, I'm going to throw this to you because you are all about this and I just want to hear from you what you think. First, let's start with, what is so far? Yay. Oh my gosh. So, so far sounds is a company that holds performances all around the world. Um, and they're in different kinds of spaces. They could be in libraries and cafes on roofs and outdoor spaces. And the so far that uh, I think is typical to most people who do know this company is around three artists. They pay- play for 15 to 20 minutes and you are just asked to be respectful and cur- courteous to the artists. Listen, stay for artists, even if you don't know who they are, share their content on socials. If you've tagged them in anything. Um, and it's just a really, it's an artist dream. It's a great date night. It's just an awesome um, experience really and um there's different iterations of it but it's just a really fantastic uh company and i actually started working for so far sounds on march 30th and i think we recorded our first episode on like april 3rd or something like that (laughs) yeah yeah it's like jen started a new job and then i was like do you want to record a podcast with me sure Grr. It has been crazy. I started a new job, new podcast, and a new artist name all in like the same week. <laughs> Abundance. I think, I think I am abundant saying. in always, as you always, always. Oh man. Um, but that's great. So for this episode, we got to interview the founder of So Far, who is your boss. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> tell me about what it was like when what, a week, two weeks, three weeks after you start, you're like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Right. I, I blame you, number one. Let's just get that out there. Um, the pressure was on, but no, it was cool. I wanted to kind of contribute somebody from the music world into our guest list and Rafe is super inspiring. So yeah, probably like three weeks in, I asked him to, uh, be a guest and he so graciously said yes. And I think it was a great choice because he has a lot of insight and he's created this very unique thing. So I'm really glad that we got to chat with him. Awesome. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the non-traditional podcast, Ray. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm really excited about this. What is the earliest memory you have of what you wanted to be when you grew up? The earliest memory of what I wanted to be was a chef. Oh, tell us about that. Wow. (laughs) Herbal. Yeah, I just loved and still love, but at this time it was probably obsessive uh, as a kid just to eat. And I always thought, where did this food come from? What mystery brought this thing to my plate? Other than your mother. 
<laughs> yeah, my mother, well, eventually I realized it was my mother, uh, but there, but or grandmother or fill in the blank. Yeah. But there was something really special about it. And then when we went out to a restaurant, oh, that was just next level. And that was where it was a little bit more magical. And I would be so into the food that I would eat really slowly because I just enjoyed taking it in. Uh, but I'd eat so slowly that everybody else, especially the adults, would be done. <laughs> and like on their dessert. <laughs> and I'm still chowing on my main course. But I just savored it. And later in life, I realized that that was actually probably a really good thing, really healthy. But at the time, it was just because I enjoyed it. And I wanted to be the person on the other side. I wanted to be the one creating that, that good stuff for somebody else. Oh, nice. Nice. So, I mean, you're not a chef right now. <laughs> I mean, you probably cook, right? Chef. <laughs> but um, what changed? Like, why? I mean, did you just think, culinary school is not for me or were you trying to do something practical why why didn't you become a chef it's a great question uh, I don't know maybe I need to do that after this uh this chat maybe it's reigniting some old fires I think that I realized that it was quite a hard life and still is and I'm somebody who likes my freedom and even like going physicality of going to an office and eventually going on business travel and meeting people in different spaces and different areas of a of an of a compound. But the chef is there, is you know, it's beautiful, but it's also very much claustrophobic. You're stuck yeah. in a kitchen. And I think they learn the realization that the hours and the limitation on where you could go was enough to to make me rethink that. Yeah. So you didn't become a chef. What did you decide to do? Did you go to a four-year college? I played around in college, i.e. I just explored learning stuff. And so I was a major, double major, English literature and political science. And funny enough, those two things still mark me today, just in terms of what I'm into. I don't know about you or, or your friends, but I think what you study in college definitely stays with you, whether it's your career uh, but again, they weren't, they weren't what I was going to do. They weren't that practical. Certainly not in my mind. What am I going to do with English literature, mainly English literature, like 200 years old? And I didn't want to go into politics. So I ended up going to grad school and that was getting a master's in advertising and business. And that was very focused. And right. that was the time I'm like, this could be more creative because it's basically marketing, but equally it's something specific. Right, right. And we'll definitely come back to the college talk um, in a bit, because I definitely have feelings on that, on whether or not, especially in this day and age for someone starting out, for example, if college necessarily is the thing, because I had the exact same experience you did. I went to four-year college. I mean, it's so funny because it's a little bit of the opposite. I had a more of a practical career choice in college because my parents were like, you need to get a job. So um, I'm a computer science engineer, but I wanted to work in film and television. That's just what I always wanted to do. So yes, I went to college and I got a practical degree. And those same things are my interest now. Like I love tech and I love 
playing around with all of that stuff. But for what I do as a job, I'm lucky enough to work in film and television. Like that's what I love to do. So it's very interesting you said that and we'll definitely come back to it. But um, so after grad school, when did you end up? I was in Chicago and I moved to New York City. It was a bit spontaneous. It was Best without city in the world. <laughs> most trips to New York or most moves to New York are pretty spontaneous. <laughs> well, Jen, this one was, yeah, completely so much so that I went, I had no job. I just showed up. But I felt that I just wanted to live in the, the city. For me, that was the city. As great as Chicago is, and it's probably my favorite city in many ways, it's not New York. And and so I went there and I found a job. Actually, my first job was as an usher working for the 92nd Street Y. I, and it was, the, it was literally still probably the best job ever because they paid me to sit in the back after I let everyone in and listen to music or interviews or whatever cultural thing they had on there. It was an amazing program. And that just got me smitten with New York. I said the, the the bandwidth of things you could do. And then just to answer your question, then I ended up in advertising after that. So we're going to jump ahead a little bit because you had different, you know, stops along your career. You've done a lot of stuff, but most importantly, now you co-created the company called So Far Sounds. How did you go from advertising marketing to that? What was that pivot for you? The golden thread throughout whatever I did and, uh, and, and learned was that you always, in marketing and in innovation, which I dabbled into, you start with what's bugging you. What is it that you can see that is annoying in some way? And then the other half of that is what can you do about it? And so I was taught that pretty early on in my career, there was sort of this inner voice that was always saying something to me about stuff in life, whether it's writing, waiting in line at the grocery store or closer to so far, the very poor experience you can have at live events I, or, or in business, whatever I was doing, I was always taught to sort of try to solve it. And so my hobby was music, listening to music. I'm not a musician, just listening. And I just took the skills that I had learned a little bit in business and thought, okay, how can I apply that, that yearning to figure out how we can make this a little bit better to something that I love? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing I love about your trajectory is you are just like such a big dreamer. And I think one thing that I would love to kind of just figure out if you're able to tell our listeners is how do you um, create kind of like this limitless path Essentially, I think a lot of the problem with um, our thinking nowadays is we just don't dream big enough, right? So how do you stop yourself from saying, I can't do that? And how do you create this limitless path where you really just are, are you think you imagine you can do anything and you kind of start there? Because I think one thing that happens is we don't have a big enough goal. Um, and if you don't dream it, you can't do it. That is such a good point and, and, and a really good question. I think that dreaming starts when you're really young. And I think we're all born as artists in some way, creative, certainly, and as dreamers. And if you're, you know, you spend much time around kids, they're always 
saying stuff that that blows you away because it's very optimistic usually and it's really about like a what if uh and why can't we reach for the stars and why can't we fly to the moon tomorrow and whatever those things are and i I think that that quality really stuck with me uh, number one throughout my whole life and then i i just sort of shelved that and then thought at the same time what can i do that's practical to get there so it was the combination of being a little bit childlike from time to time with writing, literally writing down, which I do, what I want to do today, what I want to do this week, what I want to do this month, this year. So that combination of stepping stones, but also never losing sight of where you want to get in five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the deeper answer to that is also my, my mom died when I was really, really young. And I think somehow that wired in me the the, the interest in um, just finding something to deal with that that pain, mm. and the reverse of that is often looking looking at, at the bright side. So you know you see something quite dark and you seek the light, yeah. and so that was something that sort of maybe redid my my wiring when I was a teenager and just thought uh, just spun me off in a way to get away from some of that difficulty. Yeah, that's. That's so interesting. And, and some one thing that we ask all of our guests is, is there something along the way in that path that uh, was devastating or that you considered outwardly a failure that you're thankful for now that you know you wouldn't be in the place that you are now if something like that hadn't happened? Is there anything like that that's gone on? Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, getting, getting laid off, which I, I was when I was in England, I worked for a company, a drinks company, a big one, and they just closed down the whole division. Yeah. And I was really fortunate that I already been thinking of doing something on my own. So I actually turned around and asked them if I could consult with them. They said yes. But the big thing was when you lose a job, it really makes you soul search. And at first it's like a kick in the gut, even though you know it's not your fault. In this case, there were like a, a lot of other people in the same boat and you still you still first you start to blame yourself then you pick yourself up and you're like no it wasn't nothing to do with me it was the way business is and it makes you to try stuff that you wouldn't have tried um, either quickly or ever because all of a sudden you know you got all this freedom and you can go back to those dreams that you asked about and so I think I think losing a job is really helpful it, for, <laughs> for in many ways, as long as you have some sort of landing, you know, financially. I I don't want to don't want to belittle that part. That's that's tough, but it often pushes you to do new things. And with me, I probably wouldn't have started so far or really ran with it. Uh, the business Anastasia was asking about without that 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 extra push. Yeah. It always kind of, um, it's so funny because that's also a thread with a lot of our guests where, um, something like a firing is usually what gets you to where you need to go. Because at the moment I've been there too, at the moment, it's the worst feeling in the world, you know? And you're like, how did this happen? And a lot of times you look back on it and you think that was the best thing that happened to me. Yeah, you think about that job and you're like, what if I was still there? That would be terrible. 
Um, I want to go back to the college thing a little bit because this is something that I've been thinking about a lot and especially in our climate here in the States with college debt and the amount of money kids have to put into going to college, but also our time right now where technology allows us to do so much on our own, for example, what do you, do you think, just, do you think college is still important? Sort of. I I don't think it is at the same level uh, as when I went to school because of what you said and because it doesn't necessarily help give you a straight line to getting a career. It's sort of a pit stop to help you think. And I think that that, that period, that oasis of you know four years is very helpful in some ways in our lives, but it's not as practical, as pragmatic, especially not with that gargantuan cost as it used to be. So I say sort of because I think that means for some people, yes, and for some people, no, but it's not as obvious a value exchange as it used to be. Right. And I also think that someone will reinvent the way you go to college and find some sort of hybrid way of getting there. I have two kids. One of them is hopefully going to go to Northeastern. And the thing about that school is they have arguably a great internship program where they send the, the students for at least three semesters, if I have that right, to go and work. And it really prepares them in a much different way. So in a way that that's still, that's a bit of a hybrid, more focused on the working world. And my other daughter is in college here in, in the UK. And not a week goes by where she doesn't question it <laughs> and think, why am I doing this? <laughs> that's <laughs> is good. it really worth it? Yeah. yeah, because as someone who does not use my degree in any way for, to make money, um, for example, I would not give up that for your time, like you said, to think, because I also got to study abroad for five semesters. I would never give up that time for anything. So I do think there is an importance to it a little bit in the sense of it does give you that time to think and to stop and prepare. But at the same time, I always wonder, at least in the States here, we don't really um, support trade schools, for example, as much as so maybe the rest of the world does. And I always think sometimes maybe, maybe you don't have to go to a four-year, you know, college, go to a two-year trade school. And, you know, maybe that's the time you need to do that. And you don't have to be in, you know, a hundred thousand dollars of debt. <laughs> totally. I think the societal pressure is very strong. And I wonder if the modern world has sort of caught up and exceeded that and where the pressure that you need to tick that box and have it in conversation or where'd you go to college? I wonder if, if that pressure around us is now a little outdated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that experience also comes in waves, just like a lot of other life experiences. Even these jobs that we're, the three of us are talking about being laid off from, we can find value there, right? We can pluck what we learn from that. Even if you don't, wouldn't wish to be there today, you can say, I gained value. And that comes throughout your life. Like, oh, if I hadn't gone to that college or if I hadn't had that job experience or that life experience or whatever it may be, or that trauma even, 
I wouldn't be where I am today, right? So I think that's something that I think about with college where I'm like half in my degree, half out of my degree. And it's kind of like you can, you can seek the value there, right? And I think that's something that we all try and do. Totally. The only thing I would add is that socially college is incredible. Mm -hmm. It allows you to play. You meet so many people. Arguably, you may not meet that many people in your entire life uh, in any other four-year stretch. And you gain your independence. And many of us, certainly me, uh, retain those friendships for life. And those memories. And, you know, when you think back upon your life, some of those experiences that you have are incredible they're ingrained upon you know your life and who you are so work the working world may not have that now you know anastasia your point you know being abroad and there are other ways like things like that there may be other ways of filling in that gap but it is pretty powerful agreed um what advice would you have for someone who's just starting out or someone who's looking for a change because i think a lot of people especially in the times we're in now are reevaluating what they're doing and maybe are looking for a career change or you know looking at the way they live differently what advice would you have for someone who is in that spot right now someone who's just starting out starting out yeah 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 it's it, it's such a well-trodden path, but I think that the power of networking, uh, getting to know people and doing it in a non-transactional way over time is so useful uh, just as a a life skill. So when I say non-transactional, it means the first time you don't show up saying, so, you know, what what do you have for me? Where's the job? Where's the this? Where's the that? I mean, basically building a network of people you like and people you respect and that you can go to for help throughout your, early, especially in your twenties, whenever you have something come your way, that's a challenge or whenever you might want to net, then start to really network because you, you kind of figured out what you want to do. Second, getting out of the box that you have to do what society or your parents say or think you, you do. And, Third, and maybe most importantly, that failure is probably a really good thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that could be you know, losing your job, but it also just means trying stuff. And if it doesn't work, whether it's your startup or working for a company that you don't like, or if you do do a degree studying something and you don't love it and you don't use it later, most failure is actually just you know, a really good lesson to figure something else out. And then once you really start taking risks in your life, it's so good to feel that you have tried it, that you don't have a regret and you know, just knowing into it, what do I have to, going into it, what do I have to lose? And I, I think that sometimes society can handcuff us and make us less keen to try new things. And that's certainly been with me. And, and Jen, to your earlier question about dreaming, you can't dream and, and not fail uh, because going for a dream is, you know, takes a lot of mistake. There is a lot of failure to get to where you want, where, where you want to do, get to. And it's really about adapting. Absolutely. Um, what's something about you that would surprise people? <laughs> I'm a pretty open book, I have to say. And maybe that's what surprises people. I, I've learned that it's much better to be who you are and not hide too much. And I think that this whole situation with the virus has opened us up to see a bit more about how we live. 
Mm-hmm. So you can see into one of the areas of my house. I can do it for the two of you. My bedroom. <laughs> yeah, there's your bedroom. Now I know people are starting to add those backgrounds. Yeah. I, I actually don't. I don't want to look at the Golden Gate Bridge again. No. <laughs> not, not the Aurora Borealis anymore. <laughs> so I love uh, that that this time has given us a peek into who who, who you are, and like if a kid comes flying in or a dog. That's great. So in a, in, a, in a sort of a reverse way, I think maybe I don't, I try not to have as many surprises and I try to be a little bit more uh, who I am. And, yeah. and, and so that if I say to you, oh yeah, I run a book club, which I do, or, oh yeah, I have uh, two kids, which I obviously do. I mentioned it earlier or fill in the blank that it won't be such a surprise because it's, consistent with who I am. Yeah, I think I, uh, something that I value about you is your transparency. I think it's a part of your success. So I definitely would agree with that. Um, one thing we ask all of our guests as well is uh, something that's really important to me because we are interviewing people that we, you know, we find a lot of value in their life and their career and, and what they have to say. And um, I'd love to know what abundance means to you. Abundance means having a lot of great friends in your life. And I would say that includes family because most people talk about their friends being like family as a compliment. I think of it the reverse. I think if you say that your family members are like friends, that's actually a much bigger deal. Oh, I haven't heard that before. So you, you know, you choose your friends and they're the ones that you really want to spend time with. So an abundance of people who in the deepest way really feel like a friend, that's abundance. And a friend, I think we all know what that is, but for me, it's someone you're just yourself with and you can have a deep conversation and you don't feel like you have to hold back and you're there for them and they're there for you. And clearly, you know, your, your wife, your husband, your partner, your lover, you know, whatever, they can be your friends too. But, but that's, that's abundance. If I can point to having some true friends from my life who I can call on, that's super cool. Love that. Love that's that. awesome. You going to be a chef soon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make lunch. Yes. <laughs> After one and I am very hungry. Over here. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Ray, for coming on the show. This was really awesome. Um, really great conversation. You can take a lot of things out of So, yeah, thank you. My pleasure. That was great. What a way to go out. I mean, that was a very introspective episode. I want to, first of all, clarify my thoughts on universities and colleges, four-year traditional universities, and say that I completely understand medical school, law school. There are just some jobs that people have that you have to go to school and learn how to be a civil engineer, for example. We don't want the bridge to break. You have Mm -hmm. to learn to do that. But I think there's also another side of the coin where, you know, in the climate that we are now, what Rafe was saying was so present to our, to what's going on in our world right now. For example, just this past week, Harvard announced that for the academic year 2020-2021, it was going to be remote and the tuition was going to remain the same. Harvard tuition is very close to $50,000 a year. 
To which I say, Harvard, sweetie, have a seat. You know what I mean? So it's it's so... What? $50,000 a year. That is I a down... a couple of chairs here for Harvard, because that's ridiculous. That, like, that's a down payment for a house in in New York, let alone other places in the, in the country. But um, I think it's a conversation to start having as to what is the true importance of going to a four-year college if it's just going to put you in debt right from the jump, mm. especially in a world where we are now living in a state where most of our stuff is going to have to be done remotely for the foreseeable future until there's a vaccine. Who even knows if a vaccine is going to change, you know, the way we live our lives these days because so many things are changing and moving around and stuff. So, you know, I definitely think it's food for thought. Girl, also stop dragging me in my college debt. Okay, leave me alone. (laughs) I feel seen and not in a good way. (laughs) Help me, Sally Mae. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm laughing, but I'm actually crying is what's happening oh, right now. Too. <laughs> but you know, I, I think there needs to be a conversation about what the future of higher education is. I feel like we should talk more about two-year trade schools like they do in Europe, where that's just a normal thing to do. Um, and you know, not to give away any things, but there are definitely a few guests in season two that I would love to talk about things like this. That will be coming soon. But in general, that was just a really great talk with Rafe. Like, you know, it was, it got me thinking a lot, especially based on all the news that's been happening today. And um, yeah, it was great. Yeah. I loved uh, how we talked about taking risks. It's just something that is so important to remember. We do need to face our fears in that way in a little bit and take the leap of faith because you're, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Uh, yeah, I just, I loved his perspective on risk because it's just something that I think we kind of get comfortable in our own little ways. I see you in your apartment with your little plants and you're comfortable, but you know, here we are out on a limb on this non-traditional limb. I think that this has been a big risk for us this year. And Rafe was a great reminder to keep going. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he kind of spoke of, uh, about something that has been a thread through this whole season, which is failure and how failure a lot of times it sucks, but can lead you to your success, can lead you to think about things in a different way that you never thought about before. And if you don't fail, you'll never get there. And it's maybe something we shouldn't be so terrified of. And so like, I can't fail because that, even that statement of I can't fail it sometimes stifles you because you don't want to take risk. You don't want to, you know, do anything crazy because, oh no, you might fail. Not realizing that that might lead you to your next big goal, big breakthrough. You better preach Anastasia. And that's clap emojis the whole way through. Okay. How do I put that in the podcast? Though? <laughs> I'm sure you can. Can you put emojis in podcast notes? Oh, that would be a game changer. Game changer. And yes, you can. Oh, okay. Um, Well, that was such a great episode and what a really great way to end the season. I'm really excited for what's coming in season two. I know you have some things planned, so why don't you let the folks know? Well, we do have some things planned for season two, but before season two happens, we're going to take a little break because we need a rest. We've been podcasting in a pandemic, (laughs) but just for you, we, um, just like I said in the beginning, you know, we are going to take a week off 
and we are coming back with what I'm calling the newsletter episode. Um, it's basically your opportunity as our audience listeners to speak. Is there a question that we didn't ask that you really wanted to ask one of our guests? Is there a question you want to ask the non-traditional team, Jen and I, um, that you've just been wondering, like, how did you guys do this? Or how did you do that? Um, write us, send us an email at nontraditionalcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a little audio message, you know, send us a voice memo, or if you have an Android phone, however you can record audio, send us a little short message. We will play you on the podcast and get you answers to all your questions. Ooh, that's exciting. You want to hear your voice? Y'all? Voice memo is really the way to go. A lot of my favorite podcasts have started doing that and the audio quality is so much better. I say that as my audio quality is probably like trash right now. <laughs> Reading myself. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that's the way to go if you guys want to ask us any questions. Charlotte, that one's for you, girl. We want to hear your questions. Um, Charlotte, cool, so that could just be, we should call that episode Charlotte. We should have a segment that's Charlotte. What's Charlotte's question this week? Girl, I love you. Um, so what do you got going on this week? This week is a lot of prep. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of a break, but um, I have some prep that I'm doing for some seminars I'm going to be holding um, in the coming weeks, um, prepping. Come on, boss lady. Always working, always doing something. Um, but then it's also just going to be a lot of prep for season two, you know, these podcasts don't make themselves, girl. Yes, we are prepping. We're getting our guest list ready. We're getting some things ready to go out. So I'm super pumped. Um, on top of that, I have some visuals hopefully coming out for Esabalu. Ooh, ooh, ooh. A new single. Get ready. Buckle up. Um, and I'm working on a really, really cool project with uh, Equally Speaking. Um, go follow them at Equally Speaking on Instagram. They're doing some great work for the Black Lives Matter movement, specifically pertaining to allies. And I have a song releasing with them um, soon. So look out for that. I'll put it on my main page and um, they'll have it on their page as well. So I'm really, really excited about that as a passion project of mine. It's a project with a bunch of Black creatives that I really admire. So I'm really excited to be working with them. And I'll keep you guys posted on that. And we'll obviously keep you guys posted on all things season two. And we'll have some uh, treats sprinkled in throughout um, until the next season. Yeah, definitely. So we won't go completely radio silent. Um, we will still pop in here and there for some little little tidbits, you know, we want to keep you, keep you hungry. Yeah. Keep the alerts on y'all. Okay. Stay subscribed. Stay subscribed. And also, I'm dead. If you haven't rated us already, please rate us on Apple podcast. It really helps us and all the stuff that we're doing over here. And I hope you enjoy the episode. See you in a couple of weeks. Non-traditional is produced and edited by me, Anastasia. And our theme song is Wildfire by Esabalu, and you can find it wherever you purchase music. You can find us on Instagram at non, that's N-O-N-E, underscore traditional, and Twitter at TraditionalPod. Subscribe to our newsletter on our website and keep up to date on all things non-traditional. Oh.